After some relatively grim times, there is some hope on both sides of the North London divide. Spurs have finally kicked their addiction to negative brooding Portuguese men and now have a positive brooding Italian man instead. Arsenal kept faith with Mikel Arteta and old Lego head seems to finally be dragging the Gunners in the right direction. But who will come out on top in the North London derby on Sunday? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. time this man broods is when he's considering the data in the bet cave. Mark O'Hare is with us once again. Uh, Mark, Arsenal and Tottenham still very much in the race for fourth spot if we assume that Manchester City, Liverpool and Chelsea will end up as the top three. Yeah, um, it's a, it's an interesting battle, isn't it, with West Ham finding form again and picking up points and Manchester United also believing they're in an, an opportunity as well. Um, ordinarily, I'd probably side with the team with the points on the board, but I think um, you know that would be Arsenal, or sorry, it would be West Ham. But um, if we're looking at Arsenal and Spurs, I'd probably prefer Arsenal. But I do think um, this is different because there's only two points between the two teams and Spurs with postponed matches against Burnley and Brighton. Um, one tricky game, one very winnable game. Um, I think for me, tie into the fact that Tottenham are rated um, above Arsenal in the in the betting for the top four. And I think that's absolutely fair enough because obviously they play together at the weekend and if Spurs win that home match against Arsenal, they go into Monday with two games in hand. Uh, ahead of Arsenal already in the in the league table. So, yeah, I think there's a, a lot to like about Spurs and, and Stinch outlined Tottenham as a top four candidate soon after Conte was appointed and that, and that bet is going very well. It's obviously, you know, halved or even shortened much more further than it was back then. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, Spurs, I find them quite quite hard to sort of pin them down right now. They're third in expected points since Conte arrived, unbeaten in eight Premier League games. They were very good at home to a Liverpool team who were missing a few key players that time. But five of those eight games have been at home and the opponents outside of Liverpool have been relatively beatable as well. So they still have to go away to all of the big three, which is clearly going to be quite difficult, even if they continue to make incremental improvements under Conte. Um, Arsenal have been very good since those early few weeks when people were writing off, writing them off as relegation candidates. Gave City a fantastic game as well. But, um, you know, we've talked about them as well, being the best of the rest, basically, outside of the big three. If you look at points collected and, and performance data in matches excluding the big three, Arsenal have been the best team. But um, they do seem to be finding a bit of a groove. Um, but for me, Tottenham, I don't know, Conte looks frustrated. He looked a bit peed off after Wednesday night's game against Chelsea. Um you think he's going to be behind the scenes now demanding signings from Daniel Levy. Uh, Son's out injured at the moment. I think they really missed his industry and his energy. It does hinder them in the final third. I do think they lack a degree of invention as well. So, you know, unless Conte gets his players in, um, it's going to be very tight. And as I've said, West Ham have started to find a bit of form. I do think European, European commitments there will, will probably negate their challenges. I think they'll have a decent crack at the Europa League. So, um, yeah, then it comes down to United really. And, um, I said on the Saturday show that the, the sort of constant stream of, of negativity coming out of the club 
isn't really conducive to a team kind of battling for a top four position at the moment and the players don't seem to be buying into Ralph Rangnick's um, style and approach so that's certainly something to, to worry about and I'm surprised that they are actually the favourites outside of the big three to, to finish in the top four so um, I'd still be with Spurs but I think there's still room for improvement um, in terms of the squad makeup and I think we'll see in the next couple of weeks whether Conte gets his players if not you know there's talk today um, that um, those, those players are starting to get a little bit concerned that he could walk away unless he's given the, the tools to kind of really improve Tottenham and get them into the real battle, not just for top four, but uh, hopefully something more for Tottenham. No walking away for odds compiler Mark Stinchcombe. He's back with us once again. Stinch, you mentioned straight away as soon as Conte got there that you thought Tottenham were a decent bet for top four. They've been generally very good at home under Conte. Obviously, they did lose to Chelsea on Wednesday in the League Cup. They're the slight favourites for this one against Arsenal at 2.66. So how do you see this one going? Yeah, um, I'm quite happy to get Tottenham on side here, I think, at the prices because it suggests that Arsenal are a level above in terms of ability. And I'm happy to kind of say that this should be more level, really. I think Tottenham should be should be a bit shorter. Um, and given it's Antonio Conte against Mikel Arteta, I'm happier, much happier to get Conte on side, really. We know... Um, we all know how good he's been in terms of winning league titles and you don't win league titles without winning football matches. So I think from a tactical standpoint, I think he is the better of the two. Um, I don't think that's anything too outlandish. You know, he, he has been a manager for a good 15 years longer than Arteta. Um, and, you know, and Arteta is still learning his way. So I don't think that's anything too, it's not anything that's been too harsh on, Arte- on Arteta or anything. I still think Arsenal have got a bit of a inferiority complex against the big six away from home. They've won just two of the last 35 against the big six away from, away from home, keeping just three clean sheets. Um, I know Conte's had a soft start. Um, the first eight matches, all but against Liverpool, were against bottom half teams. So I don't really want to read too much into those matches. Um, but as I say, I am happy to to get them on side at the prices. I think in terms of absentees, obviously Son's a big miss. But I think looking at Arsenal, I think they've got more absentees that are going to be an issue for them. They're going to be without Smith Rowe, Party, Xhaka, Tomaseo, and Gabriel. Now that's their top goal scorer and three of their top four tacklers. So, you know, the way Arteta wants to play, he does want to try and press the opposition. We saw what they did against Man City. They were very good in terms of uh, having uh, that high press and winning the ball back at times. So missing three of those four, I think, might be an issue for them. Um, And obviously, you know, still without, I would imagine, Aubameyang, who has got a really good record against Spurs um, across his Arsenal Dortmund career, eight goals and 11 starts. So... Spurs, obviously, without Reguilón and maybe Eric Dyer as well. But I just think that this is just going to come down to, I think, to a bit of a chess match. And taking Spurs draw no bet at 1.85 on the exchange, I think, is uh, is the right way, is the right team to keep on side, essentially. Um, especially at home in front of the fans. Um, I do think that under two and a half goals could be a good bet as well. Um, chalked up at five to six, a kind of a coin flip. When you consider the fact there's no Son, no Smith. Throw no Aubameyang, and it's kind of like the opposite of a six-pointer, as Mark kind of painted 
the picture regarding the top four race. So I think it could end up being a bit of a, a chess battle. But again, only eight Conte games to go on. And actually, they have been quite good at creating high quality chances, albeit against bottom half opposition. Um, although I do think they were unlucky not to beat Liverpool. So, yeah, keeping Spurs on side, essentially. Um, you know, we back them for top four and, you know, happy to get them at the, the odds here. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So Betfair is now offering no cash out suspensions on match odds over under and goal markets on the sports book, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. West Ham recently beat Leeds United 2-0 in the FA Cup. They faced him again on Sunday in the league. The Hammers also won at home against Norwich in midweek. Leeds have lost six of their last eight competitive away games. Mark O'Hare, West Ham 1.68 to win this. If anything, is that a bit big? Yeah, it's slightly on the large side, I think, um, purely down to team news, really, I think, as well as recent form and results and the way in which the two teams have play, performed across the whole campaign. Um, West Ham are fourth, you know, beating Norwich in midweek, third win on the spin in the Premier League, scored nine goals in those three games against Palace, Watford and Norwich. Um, obviously, sort of bottom to, to mid-table kind of teams, which is exactly where Leeds are at. And I feel this is a great opportunity now to, you know, push on and, and um, get another three points under the belts and Midweek, we saw Cresswell and Sufal back starting again, which means uh, the you know, key fullbacks really are, are fit and available. Um, they weren't at their best against Norwich, it should be said, but they still created enough opportunities outside of Jared Bowen's goals to to do more damage. So the goal ruled out for VAR, hit the woodwork twice. Mikel Antonio missed a great opportunity as well. Uh, they are still missing Zuma and Ogbonna, which are, are clearly quite key players in that centre defence. And, and Suchek was absent as well with COVID in midweek. So still remains to be seen whether he's fit and available to play at the weekend. But um, uh, that could be interesting because obviously Leeds are very energetic and it's a reasonably rested Leeds team too. Um, now we won't know until obviously 1pm on Sunday, but it sounds like Patrick Bamford and Rodrigo could be back in the fold for Leeds which will be a, a big bonus for them. Um, regardless, they have actually managed to get on the score sheet leads in 15 of the 19 Premier League games this season. Uh, two of the four they didn't manage to were against Man City and Liverpool. So exclude the top two and they've scored in 15 of 17 games in the league this season, which is really impressive for a team battling relegation or you know just above that real battle. So um, yeah, West Ham's midweek clean sheet against Norwich was only their fifth of the whole season um, and six of their nine games um, at the London Stadium have seen West Ham score at least twice. So yeah, I think, um, sorry, their visitors have scored at least twice in six of nine at the London Stadium. So um, I think goals could be on the agenda here and I do fancy West Ham to come out on top um, if it is a bit of a shootout uh, West Ham's home matches tend to be lively. Three and a half goals per game on average. Seven of ten gone over two and a half. Eight of ten seeing BTTS. Uh, and I've mentioned before, Leeds is a rec record for scoring goals away from home since promotion is really strong. 21 from 28. So I like the look of both teams to score. I like the look of over two and a half goals. We've basically got the two Premier League leaders for BTTS, uh, both operating around 68% success rate. Um, and yeah, just knowing the way in which the two teams operate, I think um, we could be in for a goal-heavy game. The Premier League is averaging 2.85 goals 54% of matches have seen overs um, so immediately I'm drawn to obviously both of those two markets but I think combine the two and if you're siding with West Ham you take the 2-1 to one available on West Ham to win and both teams to score I think that's a, a really nice uh, increase on the price on West Ham to win which is you know as you say sub 1.7 
And worth bearing in mind if you're thinking about multiples and bet builders and what have you, our fantastic multiples offer is running every day. Bet £20 on multiples or bet builders and receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. Let's head across to Germany and Stinch, I suspect, although I might be wrong, is about to talk about what is one of my favourite bets of the weekend. Armenia Bielefeld fighting against the drop, playing really well of late, actually, at home to doomed Greuterfurt and the host Stinch, a chunky 1.97 to win, which I couldn't believe when I saw it on the coupon. I was going to say, would you be happy to take Armenia at those odds? Um, but it sounds I like would. you would be. Yeah. I would. Uh, you may well be about to disagree with me on this, but <laughs> I tell you why I would. Uh, first, before it's awful, we know that. They, they have been atrocious. I think they've lost 14 out of 18. Uh, they've only got one win in the league this season. They stunk the place out in a goalless draw with Stuttgart last weekend. And this is more about Armenia for me, actually, because Armenia won at Leipzig just before Christmas, won 2-0, came back from 2-0 down to draw 2-2 at Freiburg, which is a hell of a result. They beat Bochum at home fairly recently as well. So for me, this is more about Armenia's recent improvement rather than for just being terrible. Yeah, but I think if we see an Armenia victory, we not envisaging a high-scoring game, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Because that's the route I'm I'm going down. But how, you know, based on what you've said, I think you know you could maybe back both essentially in a bet builder, and you get nearly three to one for Armenia to win one nil or two nil. So that could be a good route as well. So I think you painted a good picture for Armenia. I'm just going to sort of paint the picture for unders because it's again it's a coin flip. It's five to six the pair, um, and it's a route I've gone down uh, a lot a lot under under Frank Kramer. Um, it's the two lowest scoring teams in the league as we know. Um, Armenia scored just six. 16 in 18 and Firth just 13. Um, but as you say, it's all about Armenia here. And I don't think, even though they know this is a great opportunity for three points, don't think he's going to abandon his uh, style of play, which we know is to keep things tight and not to be too adventurous. I think that's really shown by the fact they've got the sixth best defensive record in the league, but they're second bottom. That's kind of it's kind of mad, you know, when you see these screenshots from like the 1930s and the Ghanaian second <laughs> division, how everyone finished on 12 points or whatever, and you think, how has that even happened? And I think you know, this is one of these fantastic examples of how the league table doesn't always paint like a true picture of a, of a team's ability, particularly defensively. Um, we know all about um, Armenia's goalkeeper, Stefan Ortega. Um, he's ranked the third best keeper in the league this season based on post-shot expected goals, minus goals allowed. So I would be I would be surprised if um, Furt do um, breach that Armenia backline. But at the same time, I think by backing unders, it kind of keeps that on side at the same time. I mean, when they played in the reverse fixture, actually finished 1-1, um, first scored a penalty. But if you kind of exclude that penalty, it was a game of very low uh, quality chances. Um, and, you know, long-term Bielefeld's games are traditionally under 22 of the last 30, which is all of Frank Kramer's games. Um, have gone under 2.5, which is a 73% strike rate. The odds here suggest 55%. And then when you look a bit deeper against bottom half sides, that actually increases to 80%, 20 of their 25 have gone under 2.5. I know what we we all know that Firth aren't great and have been awful this season. But they have kept three clean sheets in their last four. And I don't think it should phase them coming up against the team with the worst attack in Armenia in terms of creating chances. So 
I think this is, again, a huge six-pointer, and it's not one where either team are going to race into trying to make it a basketball match, essentially. Um, and I think it is Armenia's to lose, essentially, and I think they realise how big this is. So I think it's going to be very pragmatic, as all their approaches are. And, yeah, I think we can we can back Armenia to win, we can back Unders, and we can also combine the two for, like, a, a chunky nearly 3-1 to one bet. So whichever one you kind of fancy, um, leave it up to the individual to choose. But I think both both cases are good ones. And if you want to be really cautious, you could back Armenia to win an under four and a half goals, which I think is about 11 to 10. So that's not a bad price either. Uh, so unders in Germany, don't hear that very often, but Serie A means goals, goals, goals. We know this. Sassuolo up against Verona, Mark. This should be a hell of a lot of fun, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be. Um, Serie A since the winter break has been just fantastic fun. We've had goals, Chaos, comebacks, controversy, cards, it's been... And that just... was all Roma Juventus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a wonderful match. Um, but yeah, the 16 matches so far this calendar year have produced 59 goals, which is 3.69 per game, 75% went overs, 38% went over 3.5. Uh, the season long in Syria has averaged uh, 3.09 goals, overs averaging 61%, um, BTDS averaging 60% hit rate as well. And I think this is basically two of the chief protagonists for goals meeting on Sunday in Syria. Uh, unfortunately, Domenico Berardi is suspended for Sassuolo, but um, he is obviously their star player, but they have got enough firepower and ability elsewhere. They do tend to spread the goals around, spread the invention and creativity around a bit as well. Uh, and the only other red flag I can find really is Sassuolo haven't been quite as fluent or eye-catching when playing at home this season. Uh, you look at last weekend, winning 5-1 at Empoli. Uh, they were mesmeric at times. We're playing against 10 men for large swathes of that game, but even still... They have saved their best performances or most lively performances to away games. But this is against a Verona team who are struggling at the moment. Um, four defeats in eight, just two wins. Those two wins came against Spezia and Venezia, both battling against relegation. And last weekend, they were beaten at home by a rock-bottom Salernitana. So um, they're in a bit of a funk at the moment, um, but they'll always give you plenty of opportunities. Uh, some of the defending for Verona's goals they've given away have been uh, you know, under 12s. Uh, but they'll always have a go themselves under Igor Tudor as well. So... Um, I basically got two great teams who love to go and attack go and score goals and two teams who just can't keep clean sheets collectively or not even collectively actually individually these two teams have each managed just two clean sheets in the league so far this season but also the two teams have each managed to score in 18 of their 21 league games um, Sassuolo's games averaged 3.29 goals Verona's 3.43 Overs has landed in 17 of Sassuolo's 21 it's the same hit rate for BTTS Verona have seen Overs in 15 of 21 and BTTS in 17 of 21 so um, yeah it's, it's obviously the thing to do here is just match them up and, and back goals and uh, I've gone for over two and three quarters at 1.76 under the goal line tab on the exchange. Uh, alternatively, you can back BTTS and overs in the bet builder on the, on the sportsbook at around about 1.7, I think it is. Um, Sassuolo's last 15 games, 14 have seen overs, 14 have seen BTTS and combined the two bets, BTTS and overs has landed in 13 of those 15 as well. So uh, I'll be heartbroken if this game ends 0-0 or 1-0 either way. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for a while. So fingers crossed we'll get plenty of action. 
it's always a gut punch when you think a game's going to be absolutely amazing and it ends at 1-0 or something like that. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other shows to keep an eye on. NFL Only Better as we move towards the playoffs. We've got Racing Only Better and also Cricket Only Better as well. Check us out on social at Betfair or at Betfair Racing or simply go to Betfair.com. From Mark, from Stitch and from me, it's goodbye for now.